Welcome to Back on the Grind, a podcast about life, music, people, and the stories that bring us closer. I'm really excited about today's episode. First, Pepe and I catch up a bit, but then most of this episode is brief interviews from the DIY music festival we played in Denver in July called Compost Heap. If there's an artist I talked to that you haven't heard of, I encourage you to check them out. I think there are even a couple of Compost Heap Spotify playlists out there you can find. We hope you enjoy this episode as we bring you closer, just to name a few, to local news legend, Apes of the State, Moon Bandits, Dandelion Massacre, Dana Stelly, Miles Bullen, and many more amazing artists. Hi, Pepe. What's going on, Will? Good to see you. Definitely. It's been a little bit. Yeah, it has. Uh, but I'm excited to to talk and do another episode with you. So what's been going on? Well, since we last spoke, I guess I had a few updates in my life. Um, you know, we did an episode a while back about showing up for people. I didn't go into detail on that episode, and I'm not going to go into total detail now, but a big part of that was uh, revolving around a situation that one of my kids was facing. And uh, Lee, my wife, and I had to actually make a decision rather quickly um, about moving. Like We had to make this decision within eight hours. So Lee and I moved. We moved in with two of my kids just to uh, help them with some stuff that was going on and just better show up for them. And that's been really fun and exciting for me. It's interesting to live with my kids again um, because now they are older and adults and it's a kind of new experience living with them that way as opposed to when they were younger. So it's a little fun and exciting. And then, you know, Lee, uh, she's enjoying it as well. It's the first time she's ever lived with my kids. So, but we've been having fun. We've been having fun in the house and I'm enjoying that. And outside of that, situation with my probation has improved. Um, the federal government has deemed me less of a threat. So they put down my probation level. I'm pretty down low on this level and I no longer have to go into uh, the federal building. Actually, it's not too far from your house. I used to have to go there and pee every month in a bathroom that was like all like clear. It was, it was all mirrors on the ceiling and all around, except for like one side of the room that the toilet was attached to was just clear glass. And on the other side, there would be someone like standing there watching me. So I used to have to go and pee there. But um, the federal government says I'm not as big of a threat. So they no longer need to collect my pee. And I actually got permission from them to travel out of state. And surprisingly, they let me go to California, which is where I was actually um, committing a lot of my illegal activity when I was doing that. So I was kind of surprised to let me go there, but some close friends of ours got married and, uh, we got to attend the wedding and actually it was quite interesting. I've talked about the factory house on here before, but, uh, randomly somebody from that era of my life was there and they're like, Hey, do you know a guy named Scott, which is my real name from Shelton? I was like, oh yeah, that's me. And like, so we, you know, we reconnected and uh, they had been around during that. And it was kind of, it was just exciting to, to uh, connect with someone from that time period, like on such a random occasion. So, but yeah, that's what's going on. I'm not peeing for the feds. Um, 
and I'm able to leave the state a little more easily. Well, those are good things, you know. I I'm really glad you got to to go to California, and uh, you cut out a little bit as you were telling that story, but I think I caught the gist of it. Um, and you know, it's great that you're uh, having fun living with your kids. You know, that's it's really special, and it sounds like you all made a, a good thing out of a difficult situation. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's a lot of fun. I don't know. We've been joking around and like it's been more playful uh living with my kids mm-hmm. than when I wasn't living with mm-hmm. them, you know. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to um we have a bigger place too, so mm-hmm. like we're going to have people over and I'm looking forward. We have uh some musical guests coming this week actually and I'm looking forward to having like we got this big dinner table like it's really big so I'm looking forward to having like um, gatherings and kind of potlucks and yeah nice you and Cecilia will have to come over at some point yeah we would love that so well like I said it's been a while since you and I sat down together what's been going on with you well um I've been good lately it's coming back from tour I was for the first week or so, very out of routine and uh, just kind of existing. Uh, but then I went out of town for another week and came back and really got into some solid routines that I've kept up that I feel are keeping me grounded and motivated. And um, it's been really good, um, especially with me going back to school to study the arts and religion. And uh, getting into a routine there. So I'm a lot busier um, in some ways, but I feel like I'm overall like using my time wisely and doing what I uh, need to do. So but yeah, that's been good. And uh, Cecilia's doing pretty well. She started an, a new job at a Montessori school and uh, there's a lot of great things about that. Unfortunately, she uh, got COVID from work. So um, I've we've been social distancing lately i've been testing negative but you know it's not exactly fun to mask in the house and i think she's bored (laughs) so those are those are some things going on with us uh you know this this uh, semester so far i could relate to your your um issue with like being away from routine because you were on tour uh like you said moving in with my kids like it totally changed my routine that used to happen like like i'm a very like in the morning i have a very like set routine that i do every morning and like i get up at five in the morning i do my workout in the living room and usually like i i have like dumbbells that i put out and night before but now i'm like living with a bunch of other people and i get really changed so like i'm slowly like adjusting to getting back into that routine but i really could throw me off and it sounds like you as well like when you step away from the routine for a few days, like it's hard to get back into things. And like, I don't know, I find like, I don't get motivation until I'm actually doing the thing. I don't usually get motivation beforehand. I have to like kind of force myself to do something like to do my routine and then I'm motivated to continue. So it's like, it's hard once you fall out of it to get back into it. Yeah, that's the truth. It's, I know that if I miss journaling one night, it's very likely I'll miss the next night. Mm -hmm. So I try I tr- I journaled almost every night um, for maybe 10 years, and then I stopped um, maybe a couple years ago and, and just started journaling very occasionally. 
And now I'm really trying to journal every night again because I know how much it helps me. Even if I'm super, super tired and all I can do is like scribble a little bit and like pass out halfway through my gratitude list that I usually end with. Um, but yeah, it, it's been really helpful. And in the mornings, I'm doing things that I, I've never done before as far as routines. So they're new routines, which have been working really well. Um, I'm able to actually wake up early these days because I'm off this medication that uh, was a heavy sedative that made it very hard to wake up. But I'm off of that now. And I think also getting older, it's easier to wake up early, but it's it feels very abnormal to me because I think my mm. for most of my life, my natural wake up time was probably 11 a.m. But now I'm waking up at 6 a.m. every morning. I try to go outside uh, as soon as I can after drinking water and waking up and um, take a walk, run for the last half of the walk, um, get some sunlight in my eyes, you know, come back. Take the, I started taking cold showers, which really like have I've learned to like energize me and I think help help make make me feel motivated and. Um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, a few few new elements uh, in addition mm-hmm. to the other things I do, like like praying and meditating and, and journaling at night and uh, those sorts of things. So, all of that really really helps me. If if I'm out of that or if I'm out of that for too long, I tend to um, suffer. <laughs> we actually have some quite a bit. Like you're just mentioning your parts of your morning routine. It's very much in common with mine in a lot of ways, you know, um, the, you know, I don't run in the mornings. I do like one day a week, but you know, the exercising, the cold shower meditation, like it's all part of my morning routine. Mm. We should probably actually, I don't know, this might be corny, but it would probably be fun to do an episode about morning routines and journaling. Cause mm. I want to get my journaling game going. And it seems like you've been doing it. Like, you know, you, at least you have, and now you're getting back into it, but you said mm. you did it for 10 years. Um, I journaled in prison and the benefits for me were amazing mm-hmm. but i never did it before that mm-hmm. and i want to start doing it more but maybe like we can do a whole episode on on morning routines mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. process of journaling yeah i, so think, I think that's a great idea to help people yeah. yeah totally great idea so you mentioned tour and i know you went on tour for i you know it's not the longest someone went on tour obviously but like you went for quite a while um mm-hmm. how long did you go total so I left at the end of May, probably something like, I think my first show was May 25th. And I did not get back until, I want to say August 5th. Um, so over two months. Nice. So I'm curious, on that length of time on tour, do you feel like there is anything you learned about touring that you might not have noticed in the past, perhaps on shorter tours? Mm. You know, is there anything that you think is worth uh, perhaps sharing with other folks who might be taking a tour a couple months long who've never done it before? I think I've really learned the value of taking days off. I think that it's easy and tempting to want to pack in as much as you can to maximize your reach, maximize, you know, your income, etc. But taking days off, intentional days off, even saying no to opportunities, knowing that that day off might pay off in the long run, 
like oh if i if i take if i'm not taking any days off my energy is going to suffer my performances are going to suffer my shows won't be as good if i'm not rested and i haven't taken care of myself so yeah i remember the interview you did with endless mike and he kind of mentioned like he was on tour with pat and pat kept accepting like every show and endless mm-hmm. mike was like you know you don't have to say yes to every show but yeah you know endless mike is definitely a veteran in this game so that you know it seems that that resonates like what you're saying um definitely seems to hold true yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something that I learned last summer or not this past summer, but the summer before that was also about a two month tour. And I played less shows this summer and I'm so glad I, I did. Um, and I, I think next year I might try to play even less. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, that in 2022, I played a hundred shows in two months and then I came back to New England and played 20 more shows in August. Mm. Uh, It was bonkers. (laughs) No, it sounds like a lot. Yeah. So I know on this tour, I don't know if the whole thing, but a lot of it was with Miles, Miles Bluin. How, How would you describe Miles? Would it, I mean, I think saying rapper is like perhaps not, encompassing enough yeah but that's what comes to mind i totally agree yeah my touring with miles was amazing uh cecilia and miles and i all have a great dynamic and it was just so much fun i think miles well miles definitely is a rapper he's a fantastic rapper and he's also a spoken word poet and he is also very much in line with folk punk sensibilities their songs are um you know have the the energy of punk they have the vulnerability of folk punk and in a lot of ways they fit better in the folk punk realm than a lot of or most rap um communities and uh situations so you know, I think that's that's something that they've been discovering t- about themselves too. But it's bu- it's just beautiful to see, and it's a privilege. It was a privilege to see them perform every night too. Um, yeah, it was really special. Awesome. So I also know you mentioned you met the Swamp Rats, who uh, I met, or I discovered them after I got out of prison. There mm-hmm. were one. There's like three bands that really excited me when I got out of prison that I discovered. Um, I say discovered it for me, you know, they were new to me. Uh, one was the Swamp Rats, another was uh, Happy Happy, and another was Amiga the Devil. But I reached out to the Swamp Rats and we actually ended up connecting. And they're going to be on the podcast uh, coming up pretty soon. I think you'll be interviewing them. But um, so where did you meet them? Yeah, I actually met Swamp Rats at Compost Heap. Um, and it you know, they had a great set and I talked to one of them just for just a little bit afterwards, snatched a t-shirt and, um, yeah, compost heap was phenomenal. It was really phenomenal. I, I went, I went in 2022 and hope hosted the open mic, but this year, uh, blue raspberry got booked to play and we had a ton of new England friends show up. 
it was like a New England contingent uh, representing in Denver, which made it all the more fun. Miles was with us, and their set was amazing, and I think made the whole tour worth it for them, really, um, how, how special the whole weekend was. Um, Miles also started playing Cajon and Blue Raspberry, which made made the whole month even more fun having a third member of the of the band and and Miles played with us at Compost Heap and and Justin Arena uh who re- plays banjo on our album also played with us so you know the performance itself was a lot of fun but just being there at Compost Heap getting to see all these other bands getting to hang out with all these other artists and fans it's just a very special festival a very special community and the organizers did a phenomenal job. They worked so hard to create a safe space, and it does feel like a safe space. Um, and everyone I talked to agrees. Um, so yeah, it it was really special, and I I think it's it's a hugely important um, presence in in the folk punk community. So you mentioned to me before you went on tour that you had this idea that perhaps you can record uh, like short interviews with some of the bands at Compost Heap. Did that actually happen? Did you get to do it? I did indeed. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. I I had a question uh, that came from Brian Walker from A Day Without Love. I asked him what 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 would you ask all these bands, and mm-hmm. he, he said, you know, I'd ask them. How how they get into music, and I said, okay, I'll go with that. But then, in addition to that, every artist I talked to, I asked them to think of a question I could ask another artist at the festival, either either any artist or a specific artist. And so, it's it's kind of a fun game of of question tag. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to share it with people. Yeah, I haven't heard any of this, so I'm excited to hear this too. Do you want to just get into it? Yeah, let's roll it. All right, this is Brian Walker from A Day Without Love. Brian, when did you first realize that you loved music? So at first, I didn't really like music. I was, I was in music class, taking a recorder in like second or third grade. I just didn't understand it. Then like when I picked up a guitar at 18 much later, I, it was first an obsession. And, you know, like I definitely like I'm in recovery and things like that. I was just like, ah, oh, it's just an obsession I do late at night. And then I want to say around 19 or 20, when I played my first, like, open mic ever, like, I didn't even call my music a day without love. Having the connection between a story I wrote or an experience I had and sharing it with others was, like, the beginning of me, like, falling in love with the idea of realizing music is something that's bigger than me. And I think that's what, like, really made me fall in love with it. Beautiful. Thanks, Brian. Could you come up with a question for me to ask the next band? Certainly. Um, I would also ask another band, what made you realize punk was the way to make your music as opposed to something like jazz, blues, like why punk? Why punk? Yeah. Thanks, Brian. All right, I'm here with Joe Rodriguez. Joe, uh, can you tell us a story about how you got into music? So uh, music in general, I got into because of my dad. 
Uh, he was a professional trombone player and he uh, played with like the National Guard Band. And he played guitar and he taught me guitar. Uh, and I started writing songs when I was 15. And then uh, I kind of dropped out of trying to do anything with it for a while. And when I was 24, I had written a new song for the first time in 10 years that I was really proud of. And I went out on a limb and I messaged it to Apes of the State and asked if they would listen to it. And April Hartman asked me to play my first ever DIY show. And that's how I got into DIY. And that's what I've been doing ever since. That's an awesome story. And do you have a question that you would like me to ask a different band that's here this weekend? Uh, for anyone who's got more success than me in this game, which, I mean, success is relative, but, you know, I think most people here have, most of the touring acts here have more listenership than me. Have you ever felt just a crushing sense of imposter syndrome? Because I have. Awesome, thanks. I'll be sure to ask that to someone. Thanks for your time, Joe. Thank you so much. All right, I'm here with April Hartman from Apes of the State and Local News Legend and Emily from Local News Legend. Let's go. Uh, so first question for each of you, how could you tell a story about how you first got into music or playing music or anything like that? You first. Um, when I was like 11 years old, my mom got my dad a guitar for Christmas and he never picked it up. And then I would just try to figure out one string um, ditties on it. And then eventually one day, I, I think I strummed all the strings at one time. And then my mom was like, what was that? And then she made me get uh, guitar lessons. And then it was, all, it was all up and downhill from there. Amazing. Thank you. Um, I guess, like, I had a guitar when I was a kid. I tried to learn um, when I was, like, 10, 11, 12. I was in, like, a shitty punk band. Um, I got guitar lessons and quit as soon as I learned a power chord because that was all I needed to play punk music. I also played drums a little bit, um, but then I kind of gave it up for a, lo a long time until I uh, got sober at 24, and then I picked up guitar again and started actually trying to really play and write songs for the first time. Awesome. Thank you both. Um, okay. This question comes from Joe Rodriguez, and she wanted to ask artists who are more established um, have you ever felt imposter syndrome? Yes. Literally, yes, every single time. Literally here at Compost Heap last night, I was like, what the, what the fuck? Is it, am I allowed to cuss? Okay, good. There's <laughs> a lot of people singing along, and I was just like, how do, how do you know this? This is, this is ridiculous. But, yeah, it kind of, not to be a bummer, it never goes away. But it's, it's bittersweet and gets more fun the longer you go and longer you feel like an imposter when a lot of people are trying to prove otherwise. Uh, yeah, definitely. Just to echo it, Emily said it definitely doesn't go away. Uh, it's hard to get over that, but I will say that the, you know, the more people that show up at your shows and know your songs, the better it feels and the easier it is to work through it. It's like when you're alone spiraling on your phone that it hits <laughs> more so than anything. And like uh, a little bit when we were passing the Taylor Swift uh, at the stadium on the way here, we took a look at how many people are in the crowd there. and We were just like, wow, we ain't shit. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. And um, do each of you have a question that, 
that I could ask another artist here. My question is, when is the last time you showered? Great question. My question is, what's your favorite song right now that's not the genre that you play? Also a great question. Let's go. All right, thank you both. Thank you, Folk yeah. Punk Dad. All right, I'm here with Marceline Moon, also known as MJ Bones. Um, you want to say hello? Hello. And uh, Marceline, first question, how did you get into playing music? Well, um, I have been writing songs since I was small. Um, I would write them in my diary and I would just like do like acapella songs. Um, and I was really shy and scared to share. But when I was like 22, I started going to open mics. Um, I decided, you know, like, fuck it. What do I have to lose? And I picked up the ukulele to take to open mics. And um, I quickly fell into the folk punk community, like on Facebook, and started posting my demos there. And um, I ended up getting uh, asked to play a show out of town through one of those demos. And it kind of just thrust me into this world of playing live music all the time. Um, and the rest is history, really. It's awesome. Who asked you to to do that? Uh, April from Apes of the State. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, question from April of Apes of the State. When was the last time you showered? <laughs> the last time I showered was last night. Wow. Yeah, don't tell the folk punk police. Uh, I'm clean. <laughs> I smell good. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Um, next question. This I'll ask you another one. This is from Brian from A Day Without Love. Okay. Um, why punk? Hmm. There's something that deeply aligns with like everything I believe in when it comes to punk. Um, I've been a part of other scenes. I've been on the fringes of other scenes and no one does it like punks do. You know, punks, they, we have each other's backs. Um, the sense of community and the commitment to a certain ethos um, just really speaks to me. And the older I get, just the more radical I've become. And um, I've never known like radical love and compassion and community and human spirit in any place other than punk. Beautiful answer. I knew you were the person to ask it to. <laughs> um, okay. And do you have a question that I could ask a different artist at this festival, either a specific artist or just a question for anyone? Um, yeah. My, my question is what would, and this could be for anybody, what would you, what advice would you give to an, a new musician who wants to start making music and they have no idea where to start? Um, like, what would you tell them? Because um, I remember being that person and literally having no idea where to start, like how to start booking shows, how to even like just put yourself out there. Um, so yeah, what advice would you give someone trying to get into the scene? Great question. All right, thanks Marceline. Yep, thanks. All right, I'm here with Justin Arena. Um, Justin, first question. How did you first get into music? Do you have a story about that? I do, actually. Uh, so I first got into music because I was a really nerdy, lonely high schooler. And I had different outlets. Um, I was like a video game kid. And I was like 
you know, uh, I had all these other things that like weren't as productive for, for me, like didn't make me feel as like inspired or as like fulfilled. And uh, one day I just, uh, I stumbled upon an acoustic guitar. My dad, it was covered in dust. He's just like, you can have it if you want. He, he, and you know, he, he gave me this acoustic guitar and he was like, he's like, I'll give it to you, like, but you got to learn Pink Floyd songs and you got to learn Three Doors Down songs. So I, I played just like classic rock and I just like covered acoustic classic rock tunes for like the first year, just learning my chords. And then I met a friend of mine who uh, who asked me, hey, uh, but uh, it's cool that you do those covers, but do you have any original songs? And I was like, I didn't want to say no. So I lied. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I just I just haven't memorized the lyrics yet. And he's like, OK, let's let's uh, jam next week. And I just like panic wrote my first song. To, so I didn't look foolish for like instinctively lying to my friend <laughs> and um that birthed my first song like just like pretending like i already had written it and then it just kind of it just kind of spiraled you know it just kind of snowballed you know like i ended up becoming more and more interested in writing and nobody would book me because I, I was 15 and i sucked so me and my friends started booking like shows and his friends uh uh dad it's he started booking shows in his dad's garage and uh it was just like super fun and we thought we invented house shows and <laughs> it was just like that's kind of how i got into it and now i think almost a decade later i'm touring nationally for the last four years it's uh changed my life it's really great amazing that's an awesome story thanks for sharing absolutely and do you have a question that you'd like to ask the different artists at this festival I do. Um, I think it would be really interesting to find out. Um, some misconceptions about being a musician that they learned later in being a musician. That's a great question. So what are some things that you kind of were really convinced of at first that you've since learned either aren't important or aren't true? That's a very good one. Excellent. Thank you, yeah, Justin. Absolutely. Well, I'm here with Dana Stelly from Dana Stelly and the Tiger Sharks. Hi. Dana, could you tell us a story or a little bit about how you got into music? Okay. So, I mean, when I was a kid, like a kid, kid, like super young, I had a kid who lived across the street from me. His name was Cole and he played drums and I was just learning guitar and I fucking sucked at it. But we learned a bunch of covers from 21st Century Breakdown. <laughs> um, and that was like my first band, quote unquote. We never played any shows, we just played in his basement. But um, really where I got my start was after that, my friend Daisy convinced me to sign up for Girls Rock Indianapolis. Um, so this was 2010, so this was the first year that they were doing it. And Daisy's mom was like buddies with all the people who were running the camp. So we both signed up together and you had to like film a video and like um, I got a scholarship to do it because my mom was low on cash and stuff. And I started my first band at that camp and we were a band for, I want to say like a couple of years after that and like throughout high school too. And uh, so yeah, that was that. Was that. That was called No Direction. I think the music's still floating around on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Of course, thank you. Okay, I have another question for you. Yes. 
Uh, this is a question from Justin Arena. Oh, gosh. And Justin wanted me to ask an artist, um, what misconceptions did you have about music or being a musician and how have those changed or what what misconceptions were, were busted for you um, either things you thought were important that aren't important mm-hmm. or uh things you thought were true that aren't true oh gosh yeah i think um what i maybe it was less not like i had an expectation for it but maybe what i didn't expect was that we would all kind of Uh, grow together but not like exponentially you know like I think that when I first started out I thought okay you make a record record, and then people listen to that record then you make another record and more people listen to the next one and then you just keep going and going and going and it skyrockets into the air and then you're Taylor Swift or whatever right and I guess she's on my mind because of this weekend or whatever (laughs) but um but yeah the fact that it's like uh homies supporting homies and um that was like a bit I don't think I didn't think that that was the case but more it's more nuanced than I'd originally anticipated and like you know you might have like a record that works really well with the fans but like doesn't really with your friends and then like vice versa you know and and um you're not really it's not about playing shows for money it's about playing shows for the music and stuff so beautiful Thank yeah you. of course that's a good question yeah, yeah right it's <laughs> a good question um, and do you have a question you would like to ask no. any artist, a specific artist or a random artist? I don't have a random, or I don't have a specific artist. Um, oh, geez. Uh, it could also be a silly question. Okay, I, I have a silly one. I have a silly one. Um, you should ask somebody random what's the weirdest merch item they've ever like seen another band do or that their band has done. I think that would be really cool. Great question. Okay, thanks, Dana. Yeah. All right, could y'all introduce yourselves, please? We're 10 Dirty Fingers. Yep. What are your names? (laughs) I'm Taryn. (laughs) I'm Molly. And how did uh, each of you get into music? I was tall when I was in fourth grade, so they made me play upright bass, and I just kind of never stopped doing stuff. I just really wanted to play guitar, and that evolved into uh, just playing banjo like 10 years after that. Nice. And how did y'all start making music together? Um, I was having a really traumatic event and told TC that I was trying to learn clawhammer banjo, and they were like, hey, we should play music together. And that's where it started. Nice. Yeah. We were, I, I had been trying to get a gang together to like, make the solo project a band as I'd wanted to do for like six or seven years. And um, just through adulting attrition, Ollie was the last one left. And and I'm so glad that he's joined the band and become half Tenderty Fingers because we're so much better for it. Awesome. Uh, so here's a question uh, that Brian from A Day Without Love asked. Why punk music? Or why punk? Why the punk scene? That's a big question, isn't it? Why not? Well, you got into it much younger than I did. Yeah. You've been a punk since you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, started playing out at 17, and, like, it was just, whoever would have us play, we would just play and just, like, do whatever we can to, like, well, not even do whatever we can. It was just pure expression. Like, unadulterated expression and... We just did it to whoever would ever listen to it, which was like five people at the time. 
I was I was into folk music when I was a kid, but I didn't really get into punk until I was like almost out of college and my life was falling apart. And I, it's I, it's cliche as hell, but like like uh, Rogue Taxidermy was like this record that I'd never heard anything like it, and a friend showed it to me. And I was like living out of my car at the time, and I was like, "Oh, they're just like me." And I was, yeah. Ever since then, it's I don't know. There, it's it's spoke to me ever since. But that's all. Awesome. <laughs> all right, thank you both so much. And do you have a question you would like to ask me to ask a different band? I've got a yep. question. Go for it. Uh, I would like to hear about a local cryptid, like not like necessarily your big local cryptid, but like what's like a hyper local. Cryptid to your like town or area. Great, like a niche one. Awesome. Thank you both. All right, I'm here with Sage from Garden Ho and Ludlow. Hi. Uh, Sage, how did you first get into music? Um. Well, I've been playing guitar since I was a little kid. I like begged my parents for a guitar, but in college, um, I would play guitar in my dorm with my room open. Uh, or my door open, and one of my friends who happened to live in the dorm passed by me and was like, hey, we should make music together. And that friend was Josie Kerbs, and we've been playing music together ever since, and I would not perform if it weren't for Josie hyping me up and uh, giving me the confidence to put myself out there. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. um, Next question. I'm going to ask you, this is a question from Emily from Local News Legend. What's your favorite song right now that's not in a genre that you play? Easy answer. My favorite song for years has been If It Makes You Happy by Michelle Branch. Uh, every day that I don't want to get out of bed, I listen to that song. And when I had a nine to five, I would scream it in my car on my way to work every morning. I'll have to check that song out because I don't know it. It's a banger. Also, Screaming Females has a killer cover of that song. Would highly recommend. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And do you have a question that I could ask different artists at this festival? Yeah. Um, What is your favorite cheap food to eat on tour? Mm, Great question. Yeah, we could all use good food recommendations for tour. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I'm here with Cecilia Bellamy Parker from Blue Raspberry. Hi. And Cecilia, how did you get into music? Oh, well, um, I grew up in a very musical family. My mom's family, uh, including my mom, sang Southern gospel music and traveled around. So I grew up uh, in a musical family, uh, playing and singing in church a lot, Um, like a lot of other musicians started out. Uh, and I would write songs occasionally, write poems, write lots of other stuff. But it wasn't really until I met Will Parker, the person holding this phone, um, <laughs> that uh, I ever really seriously wrote songs and made music uh, as, you know, in a, in a personal sort of way. And that is how I got into music. Thank you. Um... Thank you, and you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, kidding. no, that's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> um, okay, next question. This is from Sage from Garden Ho and Ludlow. 
What's your favorite cheap food to eat on tour? Ooh, cheap food to eat on tour. Um, let's see. I really like. Oh, I like those um, apple sauces for children that are in the squeeze squeezy bottles. You know, not the most um, eco-friendly, but tasty and no spoon required. Nice. Um, and do you have a question that I could ask a different artist at this festival? Yes, I do. Have you already done Miles? No. Okay, I want you to ask Miles Bullen, would you rather be a dragon or own a dragon? Okay, I'll ask Miles that question. Cool. All right, I'm here with Miles Bullen. You want to say hi? Hi. Miles, do you have a story connected to how you got into music or started doing music yourself? Yeah. Um, when I was 18 years old, I went to an all-age concert in Dover, New Hampshire. And... Um, I saw, saw P.T. Burnham and I saw Chesky perform. And I think that was the first time I really envisioned myself like being a part of this community, you know? And I saw them do their show and I was like, wow, this made me feel so good just to be here. And I want to make other people feel that way, feel like they belong and feel connected to something that maybe they don't have at home or they don't have in school or at work, this is like a very special secret club. Um, so I attribute a lot of my like interest in performing to, to people like P.T. Burnham and Chesky. Um, and shortly after that is when I started pursuing performing and doing shows um, as a life path. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Miles, this is a question that comes from Cecilia Bellamy Parker of Blue Raspberry. Oh, I love that band. <laughs> uh, would you rather have a dragon or be a dragon? It's funny you ask. Because there are, there are benefits and um, downsides to, to both. Right? So... The benefit to having a dragon is that I get to keep my human body, my human experience, my relationships to other humans, while also be associated to a magical, giant, mythical beast to use for uh, travel, to use for, I don't know, advantage in the world. Um, and being a mythical beast also has its privileges, you know. Uh, maybe I'd live forever. Uh, maybe I could fly. Maybe I could um, see uh, invisible dimensions, right? But the downsides to both of those things is that if I had a dragon, maybe it's the only dragon. Uh, maybe people are afraid of it and try to kill it. Maybe people, you know, get afraid and run away from it when it's a friendly dragon. So maybe there's a lot of prejudice against dragons in a dragonless society. And then being a dragon, as you know, that would also be like, maybe I'd be unapproachable. Maybe people wouldn't trust me. Uh, even if I had good intentions, my appearance might be alarming and off-putting. So I think the, the sweet spot for me would be able to be a dragon 
in the moments where it's needed, and then to be a human when the moments oh. the moments needed. When I need to be soft and approachable and gentle and compassionate, I can come back to my human form. But maybe when I need to protect someone or I need to save something like the earth or I need to go somewhere really fast, then I can shapeshift to dragon form. That would definitely be ideal, yeah. And for most people, I bet they would choose have a dragon who happens to be Miles Bowen. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll be a dragon. <laughs> thanks, Miles. Yeah, thanks. All right, I'm here with Moon Bandits. We got Tommy and Astrid and their bassist, Joe. Um, Y'all want to say hello? Hi. Hi, I'm Tommy. Hey, I'm Joe. That was and Astrid. Hello, I'm Astrid <laughs> from the previous high. Okay, so first question uh, for e each of you. How did you get into music? Do you have a story related to that? Uh, uh, I guess mostly through uh, West Coast power violence in the 90s, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, going to like backyard shows and grindcore shows and power violence shows and all that stuff. And then I got really into Screamo in the early 2000s. Like, not like Scrams, what kids call it today. Yeah. Yeah. I got into music. I mean, listening to oldies on the radio, that was like the first music that I really liked. But the first punk show I went to was the Aquabats in like seventh grade. And that, that changed my life. That was so much fun. I mean, I'll take a different approach to the question. Tommy and I started playing music and the way that I started like being a part of music, uh, just fucking super randomly. Tommy had been playing banjo for like six months and I was like, I always want to play violin. They were like, you should totally just buy one. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy one off the internet. Got it. And then we started Moon Bandits. Nice. Okay. Um, next question. This question is from April from Apes of the State. When was the last time you showered? Uh, this morning. Wow. Me too. Yeah, this morning. Yeah, like maybe 12 hours ago. Impressive. <laughs> and uh, next question. This is from Marceline, also known as MJ Bones. What advice would you give to someone who is new to music? Uh, they don't know where to start. They're interested in starting playing music and they just don't know what to do. What advice would you give to new young new musicians, people? new people? Yeah, I would just say like, it's really great to be involved in a community. So like, Find a community of folks that you like and then like volunteer there, make friends, talk to people and just fucking do it. Just, you know, immerse yourself in the scene that you want to be in. Great answer. Advice to young musicians or people new to music? Uh, well, if you're new to playing an instrument, I'd say find some songs that you like and just look up the chords for that and and just get playing. It doesn't matter if it you don't think it sounds good in the beginning. Just keep at it and and it'll sound good eventually and uh yeah that's a, on the practical music playing part of it um yeah i'm not yeah i'm not the gosh i don't have too much information about music i just think it's really i like astrid i think it's really important to just kind of immerse yourself into some sort of community of of people that are having a good time and doing things that you want to do and then uh yeah and just like then make some noise yeah, have fun. <laughs> Great advice. Okay, last uh, question. Do you all have a question that
that I could ask another artist at this festival. It can be a specific artist or a random artist. Can, can I put my hat? Can I put, can I? Hold on. Sorry. My hat was all. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> that's hard. Who have you not interviewed yet? Um, just, uh, I don't know. I Let me know and I'll tell you if I've interviewed them or not. I just want to know like what project uh, you're working on that's coming up soon that you're most excited about. Great oh, question. it's for anybody. Anybody or a specific person. I want to ask Tyler Ryan a question. Specifically Tyler Ryan. What's the question? I want to ask Tyler Ryan when we're going to start our, our dad core folk punk band. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Or any kind of punk band for that. Great. Um, can you introduce me to Tyler? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, and Brew. Both of them. You have to ask both of them. Tyler and Brew? Yeah. If they're both here. They're in horse biter. Okay. I want to know if people think a straw has one hole or two holes. Ooh, that's a big question. That's a good one. Wow. I don't know the answer to that. I think, let's see. I think a straw has two holes. That's that's my opinion. I think a straw has one hole. Personally. I'm going one. Does a cup have? Zero. One. A cup? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're right. It goes all the way through. <laughs> oh, a cup doesn't have a hole? <laughs> then a straw does have one hole. Then it does have one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I can't wait to hear other answers to that. All right, thank you all so much. But, Thanks. But we call it a butthole, and it <laughs> does a hole to your mouth. Yeah, that's your mouth to your body. Interesting. Okay. It's very interesting. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Cool. I'm here with Dandelion Massacre. Super stoked to to be here with them. I really enjoyed their set. Um, And I'm going to have the band introduce themselves. Uh, Hi, I'm Terrell. Play guitar and sing and write some half the songs. Uh, my name's Mark. I play the instruments that are not stringed instruments in this acoustic band. Hey, Kevin. I uh, play an instrument I built from uh, Ace Hardware. <laughs> Eric, I play mandolin, do some backup vocals sometimes. I'm Lucy. I play banjo. I'm Tyler Ferris Masteller. I play ukulele and I sing and I've written a couple of songs. Awesome. Okay, so first question for whoever wants to go first. How did you get into playing music? Um, I, I grew up, my parents raised me on like Black Sabbath, and I always wanted to play heavy music. And then they bought me a guitar when I was like 8, 10, 10 acoustic guitar. And then I smashed it and got an electric guitar and started a ska punk band. And I'm in a folk punk band now. <laughs> Public school music programs. Love you, mom and dad. Uh, my dad was a preacher and <laughs> did like worship music and shit. Uh, you know, I'm not religious anymore, but that's like where I like started getting interested in music, seeing my dad play and stuff. So, 
Uh, in fourth grade, they ask you if you want to play anything, and I said trumpet, and now I don't play trumpet anymore. Uh, oh, also, I didn't say it. I'm in Dandelion Massacre. But um, to answer the question, I started playing music because um, I was raised Mormon, and Mormons used to uh, have to go to church for three hours, and uh, you sing at the beginning and end of every... Um, you know, of every hour and it's the most stimulating part and it made me fall in love with singing and it's like all I ever want to do ever. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I, me too. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. So next question. Um, this is from Joe from Moon Bandits. He plays bass in Moon Bandits. Does a straw have one hole or two holes? No holes. Uh, it is one hole. I'd say one. One hole. Mm, yeah, no, one hole. It's one hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What do you think? I, I'm torn. Does a cup have a hole? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I would not say a cup has a hole. No? No, and that's, so if a cup has a hole, then a straw has two holes. But I don't think a cup does have a hole, and so that's why a straw only has one hole. I think it has no holes. A cup has no holes. Because it's well, an open-ended cylinder. Well, a cup does have one hole if it's a coffee mug. Oh! Oh, wow. Yes, I, I agree that the answer to the straw question depends on your answer to does a cup have a hole. I agree. That's <laughs> okay. Um, next question. Um, this is for anyone who wants to answer it. Do you have advice to give someone who's very new to doing music or yes. playing music? <laughs> um, work through the frustration and go slower than you think you need to. And just commit. It's, I, it's, I'm, I don't know. I feel so strongly about it. I don't even know. How, like, I'm saying things that people hear all the time, but they're true. Like, it's, you know, then one day you will find 10 years it's got behind you and you can fucking shred. So, yeah, keep at it. And, uh, you know, work through the hard parts. Awesome. Great answer. I, I would tend to agree with Tyler completely 100%. And it's just keep doing it. That's Don't stop. Why would you stop? <laughs> the, main thing, the main thing that I would say is to try and find some people that you enjoy playing with and to spend as much of the time that you spend together playing together as possible. Um, and just just play play a lot, play in front of people. Um, even if like like you're not getting booked yet or anything, like find other people to play in front of, just friends and stuff, and just keep playing in front of people as much as possible because that's when you really get oh, the best. Yeah. I thought of another thing. You also uh, you have to find pleasure in it for yourself yeah. because if you try to make music so other people will like you, it will break your heart. But if you play music because it's like soothing and because you like it feels physically good in your body and soul, physically good in your soul. Okay, um, then that you'll do it forever. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Great answers. Okay. Last question. Do you have a question I could ask another artist at this festival, either a specific artist or a random artist? I have a question for all artists that I love. It's um, like, what was the moment? when you knew that you like wanted to be a musician because for me it was um a bullet in a bible uh the green day live uh live show it 
it just dazzled me. And I was like, that is, I want that to be my job. Like, I always liked Green Day on the radio. But when I saw them perform in that stadium, I was like, that, wow. (laughs) And uh, that's what made me want to be like a live performer. Yeah, I guess specifically what made you want to be a live performer? Right. Your moment. Thank you. Uh, I think it was to, one, impress and piss off my parents. uh, And that they loved country and and rock and roll music so much. And so I think I just gravitated towards that for acceptance from them. Nice. Uh, yeah. Do you have a question you could ask a different artist or I could ask a different artist? Um, how, how are you not yourself? <laughs> how are you not yourself? How are you not yourself? How are you not yourself? Does anyone else have a question they could ask? What's, what's something that you really like that isn't music? Good one. That's a really good question to ask. My life got a lot better once I answered my question. It's astrology, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyone else have a question they should ask? Kevin, All you right. got a question you want to ask? You want people to ask? Who's the best at pinball? Okay. Pinball All right. Who's the best at pinball? <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, and that's, that's it, y'all. Thank you so much. This was awesome. All right. So did y'all introduce yourselves? Tell, you, tell me who you play as and what you play. Hey, my name's Tyler Ryan. I play in a band called Horse Biter and a band called Odang. Uh, my name's Brew. I play in a band called Ponch Bueller and a band called Horse Biter. And I've played in more bands in the past. But Yeah, I've played in more bands, too. It's been a long time since I played in those bands. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so first question, how did you get into playing music? Oh. Anyways, don't get along <laughs> with my dad. Uh, and my dad's kind of one of these like, I know a little bit about everything, guys. But he doesn't know very much about music. And I was like, I'm getting a guitar because you can't tell me shit about it. So I got a guitar. And I was like, fuck you, leave me alone. I'm trying to learn this on my own. Don't tell me how to live my life. That's it. <laughs> Now I play a bunch of music and it's my whole last life. I didn't know that. I've known him for 10 years or something like that. <laughs> uh, how did I get into playing music? I, I don't know. I guess it just is part of being a human being and just trying to be creative and finding your outlet. You know, you get bored. Right on. Yeah, mine's totally just a fuck you, dad situation. <laughs> nice. Uh, I didn't know my dad. <laughs> for the I can I can I can be your I can be your full punk dad. It's okay. I got I got a step one. Um, so next question, um, um, Tommy from Moon Bandits wants to know when are y'all gonna start your uh, dadcore folk punk band? It actually already started. Uh, so we had our first practice a couple nights ago in the yeah. mountains of Colorado. Oh, we did, yeah. Um, that was but right. what about Tommy? Tommy wants to be well, there. We got well, Tommy the email. So the deal is that we live in New Orleans, and he lives in Los Angeles. So, you know, it's a long drive to practice. So we got to, like, come up with something and email in it. It'll be like, here's what we got to do instead. And then, you know, it's going to be a long process. Excellent. Uh, well, let me know if you 
wouldn't mind me being featured on it, even though I'm not a real dad. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple kids and what's in Okay, yeah. all right. I'll, after and a after couple, I, like one's not after I have a couple children, <laughs> I'll reach. Enough. I'll reach out. <laughs> and a thousand, and def- a thousand is definitely too many. Don't have that many kids. Amazing. I mean, one's fine. Dogs don't count. Dogs are not. Yeah. Okay. If you all had a question that you were to ask a different band, what question would you want to ask? How do I get a manager? Okay. How do I get to meet Matt Pless? (laughs) Awesome. How did you meet Matt Pless? Like, where is Matt Pless? I met. Is Matt Pless real? He's real. I've seen I him. mean, he stayed with I'm, me multiple I'm times, but like, was that a weird fever dream? I don't know. Like, I've never actually. You know, like, to I've be fair, now that I'm thinking about it, it's been quite a while since I've seen or, you know, seen other people who saw Matt Bless. So like, <laughs> I've never seen him. Like, maybe it was all a fever dream. I think I saw him last summer in Denton and Austin, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, you can't yeah. be sure with that guy. You can't be. I remember, I, I, last time I think that I remember seeing him was, uh, I think actually in Fort Collins and Whitney played a show and Matt Bliss played. And But are you sure that happened? But that would have been like 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. So like, who knows? I don't know. All right. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> All right. I'm here with Kennedy from Panther Revival. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Kennedy, uh, could you tell us how you got into playing music? Yes, absolutely. So it started um, when I was in middle school and my friends were starting a band. And, you know, like a lot of times with your first band roles are more or less assigned, uh, like none of us could play. And they were just like, uh, Kennedy, have you ever thought about playing bass? And I was like, sure, why not? And I asked my parents for a bass and got one. And that band was very terrible and fizzled out rightfully so but transition to guitar and then just playing in other bands and eventually just making my own bands and writing my own songs um but yeah it started started back in middle school and also uh i partially have to blame tony hawk's pro skater 2 for turning me on to a lot of music that i wasn't hearing when i was 11 years old and uh it exposed me to like bad religion and stuff and definitely changed my world that's awesome. I totally relate to the Tony Hodge Pro Skater soundtrack. <laughs> um, okay, this this is a question from um, this is a question from from Astrid from Moon Bandits. What project do you have coming up that you're most excited about? Uh, Panther Revival. Uh, one week from today, actually, we are recording our new record. Uh, we're going to Arizona to record in Lefevre's Audio with producer Matt Lefevers and we are super super stoked on that um so like the record's been done in demo form for months now and we're just ready to finally get these new songs out there so that's the thing I'm definitely most excited about hell yeah that's awesome um very exciting I would love to ask you um another question uh why punk why punk? Um, why not? Uh, it's uh, it it's it's so hard to describe, um, and at the risk of at the risk of sounding pretentious, it's just like it's just such a strong, 
beautiful like community when it comes to punk. And um, while there are some people who try to, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, while there are some people that will try to fuck that up with, uh, you know, say, you know, hold, uh, being beholden to conservative ideals, but still trying to claim to be punk and stuff, um, not to make this all political or whatever, but it's just, uh, you know, when you're punk at its core, you care about people. Um, and uh, I, I, I just love the, the artistry that comes with it, uh, even though some people may, you know, scoff at that. Well, fuck them, you know, like there's just, just, uh, there's just something beautiful about just how raw it is and just the emotion that comes behind it. So that's, I mean, I love many different kinds of music, but I can't imagine not playing punk. Awesome. Thank you. And lastly, do you have a question I could ask a different band at this festival, either a random band or a specific band? Uh, yeah. Um, if your band was going to be on a new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, what song would you pick from your band to be on the soundtrack? Amazing question. All right. Thank you so much. Fuck you. Oh, thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, definitely. All right, I'm here with P from Doomscroll and Helga Pataki and Chatterbox and the Latter-day Satanists. And uh, you want to say hi, P? Hello, how's it going? And P, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into playing music? Um, well, I mean, my parents were both, they're, they're not musically inclined, but they both have, like, music is a big part of both of their lives. Um, so I guess I just grew up listening to music and I hit like 13 and I was just like, I was in the drum line already. And I was like, I want to play music. So my mom bought me a drum set and I tried for years and I couldn't figure out how to separate my hands and my feet. So I gave up and switched to guitar. Uh, I got my first guitar when I was probably 14 or 15 or so. I guess I started drumming at 10 and uh, yeah, that's basically been it ever since. I just, played an electric guitar and then I switched to an acoustic guitar because I couldn't find any punk bands to be in. And I heard folk punk for the first time. I was like, oh, I don't need a band. Um, and uh, So yeah, that's basically the start of it. I was playing music for damn near 20 years now. So yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing. Um, all right, this is a question from Kennedy from Panther Revival. If you had to pick one song from one of your bands to put in a Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack, which song would you pick? All right, so I first of all, I would die if I got on a Tony Hawk soundtrack. Um, and I would probably try and choose Helga Pataki, and I would probably try and, you know, record three or four minutes worth of songs and mash them together into one and pretend like it's one song and try and get away with getting like 10 songs on, uh, on their soundtrack and just pretend it's one. <laughs> that would be sick. I think that's totally possible yeah. with Hell to Pretend. Yeah, you should probably yeah. just put your whole set as one song. Yeah, we, we got on a comp a couple of months ago and uh, we just were like, well, we don't want to have one 20 second song on there. So I, I found a way to mix and mash three songs together to make equal like two and a half minutes worth of music. So I'd probably do the same thing again. Beautiful. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> All right, P. And do you have a question that I could ask a different artist at this festival? Oh. 
I guess my question would just be, I guess it'd be a two-part question. How the hell did you hear about compost tea and what brought you to want to apply to our dinky little festival? Because it's all, it all comes down to everyone who applies and everyone who shows up every year. We're always surprised when it gets bigger than the year before. And uh, it's all due to everyone who shows up every year. So, yeah. How did you hear about it? And what drove you to want to apply to this thing? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Pete. And thank you so much for all your work that you do to put this festival together. Pete's been running sound all weekend and a ton of other behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And like I said earlier, thank you so much for all you do. You're an invaluable member of the community, and uh, you, you do a lot to support people. And uh, it's magical to see what you do as well. So thank you. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Micah from Doomscroll, Chatterbox and the Latter-day Saintness, Ludlow, and Helga Pataki. You want to say hi? Hi, everybody. I'm Micah. My voice is really thrashed from screaming for three days, but what's up? I'm they, here with Folkman Dad. They've also been one of the essential organizers of this festival. Micah, first question, uh, how did you get into music? Uh, my dad played piano when I was a little kid. He actually was like he actually played in a lot of really kind of famous projects. He wasn't like the like recording artist, but my dad like went on tour with like Waylon Jennings and like Neil Diamond and uh, Roy Orbison. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was born in like 1946 and was really old and like started playing piano when he was like four. My grandma actually was like, yo, like you have to play for six hours a day from the time you're four to the time you're 14. And then she was like, oh, you can quit if you want to. And he was like, oh, I'll see you I love you. Thank you so much, have a good night. He was like, oh, they were like, you can quit when you're 14. And he was like, you just like hammered the shit into my face for like my entire life. So like, how are you gonna think I'm just gonna stop playing piano? But yeah, and my, my dad, it's in my genes with my dad. Is that's how I started playing music. But I found a guitar. I found a Taylor when I was like ten years old. It was like just outside of the school, and I sat with it for like seven hours because I like didn't want to steal it. But like, if anyone walked up and it wasn't theirs, you know, like they would think it was mine. But like, no one came for it, so I just took it. And then I didn't actually start playing the guitar until like three years later. But that's how I got into music, for sure. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And so, sort of like, uh, this is kind of an expansion on that question. This is a question from Tyler from Dandelion Massacre. Um, was there a specific moment where you knew you wanted to be a musician and really do this thing? I, I'm not sure about this specific moment, but it was just like after I just started playing shows and like just like I, I like music has always been like communication for me. And like I just like remember like hearing like Pat the Bunny and like AJJ and like other music that was just like really lyrical and like lyrical driven. And it spoke to me so much. And I was just like, I feel like these people are like through their music. I know them better. Like they're closer than like some of my closest friends. And like, I was just like, I just want to, I would love to like do what they do for me, for other people. So I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. You know? Beautiful. I love that. Okay. Um, 
I have two more things. Totally. Next question. I love Yeah. Does a straw have one hole or two holes? Are we recording? Definitely one hole. <laughs> yeah, there's two ends of that hole, but yeah, it's one hole. All right. <laughs> and last question. Do you have a question I could ask someone else at this festival? Either a specific person or a random artist. Yeah, ask them why they came and what their favorite part of it was and if like it helped them. Awesome. Awesome. That's it. Thank you so much, Micah. For sure. Thank you, Will. All right, I'm here with Dam Celine. Wanna say hi? Hello everybody. So Celine, how did you get into music and performing music? Um uh, my uh my dad, dad used to, used play, to play, bass. play bass in a classic rock cover band when I was a kid. And like the first jamming I really did was the the guitar player of the band knew how to play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. And I just had so much fun every time they practiced. I would come down and they would let me do that song with the guitar player. When I got when I got a little older, I got into writing poetry and just eventually put the two together and haven't looked back. That's awesome. So um, another musician from the fest, um, when I asked them to ask a question to another artist, they wanted to hear, what's something you really like that isn't music? Feelings. Mm. I'm a huge fan of feelings. I love just like exploring the depth of emotions for better and worse and sort of like, you know, being in, facilitating, or even just sort of casually stumbling through kind of like uh, spaces where we can like uh, uh, sort of process those feelings again for better and worse collectively. That's great. And what a great thing to love besides music for a musician. (laughs) It's very on brand for me, that's for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I had such a marvelous time talking to all these artists who I admire at the festival. And the questions that P and Micah asked, I didn't get a chance to ask another artist. So I'll give my own answers to those. P asked, how'd you hear about this festival and what made you want to apply? I think I heard about the festival through Facebook sometime in 2022. And that summer, I hosted the open mic, and I was totally blown away by how special and wonderful the festival was and all the incredible talent that I saw that weekend and the relationships I built. And all of that made me want to apply for the next year. And this year was, I think, even better, if that was even possible. And I talked to so many people who just had the best time one of my friends, I asked him, you know, how was compost heap? And he said something like, well, you know, I'm 39, and I think that was the most fun I've ever had in my life. So if you ever have the opportunity to go to compost heap, I highly encourage it. It's a wonderful experience. It's also a lot of work for the organizers. Huge shout out to all the hard work that they put into the festival to make it happen. No, it's not easy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Back on the Grind. Stay tuned for more. And if you'd like to leave us a review 
on Apple Music or give us a rating on Spotify. That would be awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.